0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 345 6060 Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James
1: O'Brien on LBC. Four minutes after 12 is the time. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where Mystery Hour is upon us. And my goodness me, it's even more welcome than usual this week, isn't it? After the very grim business of debating war, we turn our attention now to altogether lighter matters. It is, if you're new to this, the uh, radio equivalent of those newspaper columns where somebody writes in asking, why do we do this? What's the origin of that? Where does that come from? When that... The whos, the whys, the whens, the wheres, the withers, and even the occasional wherefores, not to mention whences, Uh, This is where you get your answers. But unlike the newspaper equivalent, you don't have to wait weeks for someone else to write write in with the answer to the question that you've asked. Someone else will ring in before one o'clock today, which allows me, that beautiful interplay between question and answer, allows me to do this. I guarantee that by one o'clock today you will know more than you do now. It may not be knowledge that you're particularly grateful for. It may not be knowledge that proves in any way useful to you at any point in your subsequent existence. It may not even be knowledge that you remember far beyond tea time today. But by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. I'll also be very surprised if we don't raise a smile before close of play before handing over to Sheila Fogarty at one o'clock as well. Um, If you have a question, uh, and uh, there's only two rules, I should remind you of what they are. I have quite a lot of new colleagues working with me at the moment as well, so this is as much for their benefit as yours. Dullness. If you're not interested in the answer to the question, or, or rather if it's highly unlikely that anyone else will be interested in the answer to the question, anyone other than you, then don't ask it. Uh, I appreciate that's a slightly brutal way of putting things. So I just ask you in return that you're very polite if you are politely encouraged to move along when you ring in. Uh, And the other one is repetition, which is not your fault at all. If you ask a question which we can between us sort of remember dealing with relatively recently, then you too will be politely invited to jog on. Um, I think that's pretty much it. If you hear somebody else ask a question uh, to which you know the answer, then you have to ring in. Otherwise, your radio might melt. Those are them's, them's the rules. So, and if you get the answer correct and you... I'll ask you what your qualifications are, which doesn't mean, oh, I've got a bag of gymnastics award four and my cycling proficiency, James. It means simply the story, the simple explanation of how you know what it is you've come to the show knowing. So you might have seen it on telly last night, or you might, as one of our most regular contributors happens to be, you might be the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. I, I, all human life is here, from the sublime to the ridiculous, and then back to the sublime again. But in the first instance, you need to get your question on the board, 0345 Three is the number that you need. We'll get through as many as we can, and all that you have to do is listen. You don't have to join in if you don't want to, but if you do want to, I shall remind you of the phone number whenever I have phone lines free. Um, where are we? Seven, just coming out to seven minutes after twelve. We get bombarded for the first five minutes or so. So if you haven't been able to get through thus far, don't take it personally. We just sort a little bit. If I put this very politely. Sort a little bit of wheat from the chaff, and then when we've got a few phone lines back, I'll give you a quick heads up so that you can. You can pile in again. Let's start in Isha. Ian is in Ian, quest- Well, what is your question?
0: My
2: question is, James. Hello there. Oh. Uh, red sky at night, shepherd's delight. Red sky in the morning, shepherd's warning. And it and it is always like that. If it's red sky in the evening, it's always a nice day the following day. And if it in, invariably, if it's uh, red in the morning, then you know it ends up raining or something or being not so nice.
3: Mm.
2: Why is that? What what is it that makes that happen? What's the the science behind it? I suppose.
1: I, I, I just caught myself drawing in breath, then, in an attempt to answer your question, but luckily, in the nick of time, in the, lick of the nick of time, my inner voice realize? said, shut up, O'Brien, before I'd actually <laughs> opened my god I haven't got a Scooby-Doo. Well, I don't know what it is about this hour that makes me think I can have a crack at everything. Yeah, yeah and it is. You're right. It does seem to be an old wives' tale that holds true, or a proverb, a yeah. saying whatever it is that holds yeah. true. I like that. I like that. Do Thank you know you. part of the reason, Ian, why I feel this overarching need to have a crack at answering every question? Is that normally, no, normally when people... It's not, it's not sort of arrogance or conceit or self-love <laughs> or any of the obvious answers, but, but I think the reason is that normally when people ring in I, I, on this show, they get a little bit longer than they do on other shows. I, li- I like to really examine yeah. what people are... So I always feel a little uncomfortable when I say goodbye to you as soon as you've turned up.
0: No, I know what you mean.
1: That's yeah. all it is. I
0: don't take you that way.
1: <laughs> all right. Cheers, Ian. Jog on. It's eight minutes after 12. we are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery Hour is underway. Can you explain the science of red sky at night being a shepherd's delight, which means it'll be a nice day tomorrow, and red sky in the morning, shepherd's warning, which means it'll be a nasty day today. Uh, Ella is in Homerton. Ella, question or answer?
4: Uh, question, please. Yes. Um, I just wondered if if it makes a difference to the efficiency of the body at what time you sleep. But if you have, a, a, a say, an hour's nap during the day, mm. that seems to be more efficient because you can stay up a lot later at night. I, I noticed it particularly with my children. If, if they have a nap, say they had a nap at 2 o'clock, yeah. their normal bedtime would be 7 o'clock that, especially with my son, he wouldn't go to bed until gone 10 if I let him nap during the day. So if he naps for, say, half an hour at 2 o'clock, that would cancel out about three hours at night. And I just wondered if, if there
1: was i need the i shift. need the question to be put in slightly simpler terms because i thought you were asking when you began talking whether or not sort of doing night shifts even if you get lots of sleep in the day whether it's ever actually the same quality of sleep that you get when it's dark but that's not quite what you're asking you're asking almost well,
4: do, i think it is sort of i mean is is it more is it more efficient to sleep during the day than it is to sleep at night well, no. are, you, are you better rested well how comes? well he's having a nap of course nap. he's
1: going to be but of course if he has a nap in the afternoon of course he's going to stay up later at night it's hardly a mystery
4: no but he has <laughs> a nap for half an hour But he'll go to bed three hours
1: later yeah but, I mean and that might be you know up. when I said it, 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 the, the, don't it's, ask the question if it's, if the answer's only going to be interested interesting to you I, it's just a question about your son
4: no 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 it's not just him <laughs>
1: it's me as well <laughs> it, it totally is because I'm a huge it's student me, of, of I, sleep
4: I if I have, if if I, it, it very rarely happens. But if I can have a nap during the day, then I can stay awake all night, and I won't feel tired all night.
1: My, my arm. No, you can't stay awake all night. You, if you know,
4: you're going on holiday How and you've got an early flight in the morning. i 34 next Well,
1: no, Maybe you still can <laughs> at that age. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> okay, you're on. So, so is 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 a nap during the day worth more than the same length of nap added to your nighttime sleep? Yes. All right, I'll see what I can do.
4: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much. 0345 is a number to call if you can answer either of those. The science behind red sky at night, and actually the science behind siestas. This can't turn into a science behind hour, all right? Oh, 034... Well, stop saying the number as well until I've got a phone line free. Luke is in Brighton. Luke, question or answer? Hi right, James, I've got a question, please. Carry on. I can't believe I'm on mystery hour. Wow. I know. It's it's, it's incredible. (laughs) Well done. Congratulations. Have a round of applause, actually, for that lovely expression of joy. (laughs) There you go, Luke. Well played. Now, where were
0: we? Um,
2: So my question is, um, when books are published, why are they first published as
1: hardbacks and then later published as paperbacks? It's all about the Benjamins. Yeah? Yes. So so the idea is that that original market of people who have to have it the minute it comes out... We'll pay 15 quid for it. Okay. They won't wait seven months and then pay six quid for it. So you might as well fill your boots with that market and then go after everybody else.
0: See, I, I just thought that um,
1: powerbacks are more costly to produce. So they are, but not, the markup's still much bigger than it is on a paperback. All right, fair enough. Because, look, I mean, they're, more, they're three times the price often, aren't they? I, yeah, think, yeah. I, think, I think Kindles are changing things slightly because you can get the e-book version when the hardback comes out and then presumably it goes down in price a little bit later. But but I think the fundamental... I'm going to give myself a round of applause because I was so generous to you. Uh, Thank you. Also, you know, being a published author, I thought you might know. A published author. Yeah, in a hardback book. Isn't, yeah, you're very kind to remind us yeah. of that. I, th- I believe that copies of Loathe Thy Neighbour by James O'Brien are still available from... From all good websites, it's twelve twelve. Have you read it, Luke? No, not at um, all. Yeah, I got
0: it. I got it the day it came out.
1: Really? Yeah. I better leave it there then. <laughs> have a great day. Twelve twelve is the time. Paul is in Grace. Paul, question or answer?
5: Morning, James. Oh, uh, Paul the ice cream man. How are you?
1: Very well indeed. Have you got it's your be- ha- have you have you got your bell handy?
5: Yeah, always. handy. On, it not in my hand, but okay. always handy. Go on. Uh, Question, James. Has anyone paid with an arm and a leg?
1: Oh, that's lovely. Oh, thank you. You're
5: very welcome.
1: That is absolutely <laughs> lovely, because that's a phrase everybody's used, and, and oh, most of us haven't stopped to work. Well, why an arm and a leg? It cost me an arm and it a leg. It cost an arm and a leg. Yeah, it must have a proper origin, that, mustn't it? You yeah, must you're on. Young, all right, quite time of year for you, then, this, Paul, is
3: it? Well, I've got to the Caribbean for four months. Did yeah, yeah, you.
1: yeah, all right, no-one likes a show-off. Do you really? So you <laughs> you work, you work, no, you work all the hours no. God sends when the sun's out, and then off to the Caribbean for four months when it isn't?
2: Well, I don't, but it sounds
1: good, though, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> minutes after 12, It's like hibernation. Where do I scream men go in winter? <laughs> Alex is in New Morden. Alex, question or answer?
0: Oh, I don't, uh, is an answer. Good really? man. I good believe man. it. I'm ringing up with an answer. Uh, <laughs> Wait,
1: well, hang on. Let's not count <laughs> any chickens. <laughs> Let's not count any chickens.
0: Well, I hope he's right. For, for, for <laughs> Big reason that we go. I, I, I became a dad two weeks ago. And oh, my, congratulations! My dad gave me this answer, so I want this to be right. So Though, so
1: you're more about red day eyes day than day red. Night, you're then. more red eyes than red skies at the moment. Then, if you're a new father, yeah, like yes. Come on then.
0: Okay, so it's to do with where the sun sets and where weather fronts come from to the UK. Hmm. So, the generally speaking, weather fronts approach the UK from the west. Um, the sun also sets in the west. So at the night, if the sun's setting and it's obscured by cloud, which is approaching the UK, you won't get a red night. Uh, Whereas if there's no cloud obscuring the sun as it sets in the west, then it means that there isn't a weather front on its way. And we should have nice weather in the morning. And by nice
1: weather, you really just mean dry
0: Yeah, like no clouds, yeah, no rain.
1: But because a lot of people are saying, oh, it was a red sky last night, it's really cold today. But the point is, from a shepherd's point of view, rain is the worst thing that can happen. Because you get soggy sheep. That's right. Soggy sheep is the technical term, I think. Uh, Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sheepus soggius. What are your qualifications, Alex?
0: Um, Yeah, it was my dad that told me. He he taught navigation, so like sailing and things like that. And he did every qualification, I believe, under the sun. Oh, um, under and, the um,
3: sun? Under <laughs> the sun? See what you did there? It's fantastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's earned you a round of applause. How are you finding fatherhood two weeks in?
0: Oh, absolutely amazing. I'm holding her now. She's asleep in oh. my arms as... I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm over the moon. Let's see.
1: Oh, and you've got this as well. I mean, it's just it's just one tree after another in your life. (laughs) At the moment,
0: to be honest, I don't know what's
1: better. Uh, I think we can safely say your wife's not listening at the moment. Sixteen minutes after twelve is the time you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. There you go, two down, two to go. Plus all the questions that you're poised to ask, and we'll be able to as soon as we come back after this. This. Twenty minutes after twelve, mystery hour is underway. When you have a little sleep in the day, a snooze in the day, does it actually somehow—is <laughs> it worth more than the same amount of minutes spent sleeping as part of your nighttime sleep? The science behind a siesta, I suppose, is what we're looking for. I'm going to uh, uh, concede that my answer to the hardback book question may be open to a steward's inquiry. I can't quite imagine that it is. Um, but Luke in Brighton was so excited to be on the show that I, I, I may myself have got a little bit carried away by his enthusiasm when I answered it and took the round of applause. We want to know the origins of the phrase it costs an arm and a leg as well. And we could do it with a few more questions. Um, is that Alique? I don't know how to pronounce that. It's usually I can work it out phonetically. Am I talking to a Elike Alique is in Southall. Question or answer, Alique? Question. Carry on.
3: I've always wondered why UK number plates are white at the front and yellow at the back.
1: As opposed to what?
3: As opposed to other number plates, white at the front and white at the back.
1: Where where are they white at the front? Where are they white at the front and white at the back?
3: White at the front and yellow at the back.
1: Yeah. So if they were both the same colour, how would you know whether a car was coming towards you or driving away from you? only in the UK, so I don't know why... I don't... I'm not talking about the geography. I'm asking you, if, if, if they're the, the same colour on the front and the back, and you were driving quickly towards it, how would you know yes. if it's coming towards you or driving away from you?
3: Um, obviously, if someone is coming, especially if you're driving at night, you're not going
1: to be able to tell the difference of the colour. Of course you are. Otherwise, you've just phoned in to ask me why they're different colours, and now you're telling me the difference doesn't matter.
3: Well, what I'm trying to say
1: is... I know what you're trying to say. The answer is so that you know whether you're approaching the front of the car or the back of a car uh, at times of reduced vision.
3: Well, obviously, you know I'll be driving, you know, reversing in front of are you the
1: Are right you right arguing
3: place. with me? No, I'm just trying, to <laughs> just trying to make my point. In terms of if someone is driving towards you, you'll definitely be on the opposite side of your road, not right?
1: Ne- not necessarily.
3: Okay. So do you think it's just because...
1: I don't think. I know. It's it's so that you can tell at at distance or or during times of reduced visibility whether or not you're approaching the front of the car or the back of the car, which provides a fairly reliable, although far from foolproof, guide to whether or not the car is coming towards you or going away from you. Okay, cool. Thank you for that. Thank you. Got there in the end. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, Good Lord. Uh, We're just going to hop over the Atlantic Ocean now because Mia is in Ontario in Canada. Mia, question or answer?
6: question please
1: how old are you mia
6: 11
1: Ele- and are you what time is it in canada at the moment
6: it is seven twenty-five a bit
1: in in the in the night time or the morning i'm very very stupid mia morning. i'm sorry in the morning so you'll get you're off to school in, a, in, in an hour or so are you
6: yes okay
1: what is your question mia
6: my question is why does february only have 28 months when all the other 28 days, sorry, when all the other months have um,
1: uh, 31 or 30. Or 30. Do you know why July and August are different from all the other months?
5: No.
1: That is because there were only 10 months to start with. And they were... You could count them. So, in Latin... The word for ten is, is decus, so you get December. The word for nine is novice, so you get November. The word for eight is octo, so you get October. And you can kind of trace that back by numbers, except July and August stick out like sore thumbs. Do you know you weren't listening to last week's Mystery Hour, I don't think, Mia? don't think so. <laughs> That's outrageous behaviour. Never mind. It's on the podcast. So what happened was... In ancient Rome, there were a couple of emperors, one called Julius and one called Augustus, and they decided that they were so important and they wanted the whole world to remember them forever that they would have new months named after them. July after Julius, August after Augustus. And then do you know what they did after that? No. They wanted their months to be longer than other months, so they both stole a day off February and stuck it on July and August. Really? Seriously.
4: Okay.
1: You don't sound very pleased. It's you don't, okay. I you, think you're right. Are you sure? Because you sound a little sceptical, Mia. I've got to be honest with you. You sound as if you might be thinking this stupid man on the radio is making it up as he goes along. I don't think so because I kind of
6: knew that it has something to do with that, but I wasn't
1: Sure. bingo and that that puts the uh, and if i have made a mistake Mia. in fact i tell you what i've earned a round of applause but i've got loads so can i give this round of applause to you instead okay here you are mia <laughs> have a great day at school
6: you t- oh
5: wait
1: you too i could you never know stranger things have happened 25 minutes after 12 uh bob is in ashford bob question or answer
5: it's nice, James. You, you, you're a very good dad,
1: aren't you? Oh, very nice. Well, I have my mates. No, I'm all right with other people's children. What? Oh, f- yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> what? Um, uh, what is your answer?
5: My, my answer is to see a uh, uh, constant arm and a leg. And I'm, I am guessing here, but I think it's quite a good guess. You're guessing. Um, piracy, I'm guessing. I'm myself, like,
1: I'm, that, that, in the context of mystery, that's blasphemy.
5: No, you do all the time. Uh, yeah, I invented the game, mate. No, you stole it from somewhere else all
1: right go on then what's your answer why, what, what does it mean when right. you say we cost an arm and a leg
5: Pirates were paid compensation if they lost limbs and and eyes and ears I imagine, and imagine noses so I'm assuming I think you got paid more for an arm than you did for a leg why I'm assuming that, uh, you're joking aren't you with a leg you can put well, up no, because you you can, you can still fight uh, you probably probably I don't know if that's an insult there that, but I'm sure you can fight better uh, with two legs and one arm than you can with two arms and one leg you know
1: what i mean well, running away might be a problem but go on so you, you think it's pirate. because of I'm the right. compensation you'd have got as an amputee as a pirate amputee yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think that's what it is All right.
5: that's what people say comes from. but these, these are old sayings and they go back a long way don't they i
1: think you might be surprised on this one actually that it, it, no. it but anyway hang on because did you, you mention you're a bit poorly at the moment
5: well i've got a yeah. yeah
1: are you on very strong medication
5: uh, most of the time, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. okay. Just, just, just stay there because I think Phil in Hatfield has, a, has an answer to this question as well. Phil, yeah. qu- arm and a leg. Is it anything to do with amputee pirates?
6: Not as far as I know, James. Nah, oh. I'm sorry, mate. Go on, mate. Uh, well, apparently it's to do with portrait painters. And a lot of portraits used to be done from the side profile because it was cheaper to just paint one limb on either side. And if you did a full on frontal portrait, it would cost more. It would cost an arm and a leg more. Now you're yeah,
1: you, you, you're a lot closer to being right than, than, than Bob is. Bob, do you do you accept now that your guess was bogus?
5: Well I'm, I'm thinking Venus de Milo, so it must be true.
1: <laughs> you're not you're <laughs> not getting anything, Bob, except a packet of fisherman's friends. Phil, you have provided yeah. you, you have provided the answer that is widely considered by sort of pub raconteurs to be correct.
6: <laughs> do you know what? what? I got it off and <laughs> I was I was unfaithful, James, I admit it. I got it from a, it was a Q and
1: A on another radio station, so they obviously lied. Well, you can't well, a Q and A Q&A on a r- another radio station. You, oh, me, you mean no, you mean you no, mean I a shameful FM. plagiarist ripping off my quality idea and passing it off they as their own? York Don't tell York York me who York York
6: York it was. Been doing it a little bit longer, but yeah, he ripped it, you off.
1: It's a long, long list. I tell you, the only person who's ever had the guts to do it properly was Danny Wallace. Danny Wallace did it on XFM and he, or on Six Music on the BBC. I can't remember which one, and he actually called it, despite the fact that none of his listeners would have had the first clue who I was. He called it James O'Brien's Mystery Hour while presenting <laughs> it on the BBC. Fair that. Him. That is imitation being the sincerest form of flattery. You Did your you pro- royalty. Your, yeah, something like that. Your problem is that the phrase is not recorded until about the 19th century. Uh, so it does literally just mean it costs an awful lot. And do you know how I can prove that? Go on then. Ça coûte les yeux de la tête. Phil.
6: <laughs> yeah, like I speak French.
1: Ça coûte les yeux de la tête. It costs Which means? the eyes out of your head. So the French uh, have got an identical phrase, an identical figure of speech, which has absolutely nothing to do with portrait painters or indeed Bob, amputee pirates. Do
0: you know what this means, James? Another round of applause for you. I know,
1: it's just getting tired now, <laughs> isn't it? It's a good job I gave the last one to Mia, otherwise I'd look a bit cocky.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bob, Ah, yes, Phil, thank you very much. Me, this. Thank you, thank you boys. <laughs> What's going on with the applause? <laughs> yes. But we were suffering from amputation-related issues there for a moment. It's coming up to half-past twelve. You're listening to Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. We need some more questions. We need them quick, don't we? Uh, should we squeeze, Can we squeeze one in? Can we squeeze Mick in? Mick, quick, give me a question in ten seconds flat.
5: Right. How come the ears on
6: your head grow a lot longer than your eyebrows, but they're on the same part of your body and they're only a few inches different? Oh, How I know- come that I- don't grow as long?
1: How come your eyebrows don't grow as long as your hair? I actually know that, but I've, I've, got, I've got more rounds of applause already of than I know what to do with. I'll, I'll make something up and tell you after this. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 25 minutes to one, you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery Hour is underway. It's going rather well. I apologise for rather monopolising the rounds of applause, but that's not my fault. If you don't get off your backsides and ring in with the answers, then I'm going to hoover up all that applause for myself. Um, questions that still need answers. Questions that still need answers are actually very thin on the ground. Does the sleep you have in the day, if you have a siesta, does it actually have more value than the sleep you have at night? Is it more restful, more useful? Is it worth like one hour in the afternoon? Is worth two hours at night? That's up there. Otherwise, we're looking for your uh, questions, and I've got have got room for a couple. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Be quick, though. Mike's in High Wycombe. Mike, question or answer? Hello, James. You can answer. Come on, Michael. Oh, hang on a
6: second. Let me tell understand- this. Is that better?
1: What were you doing no. before? What, what did you just do?
6: I was making a sandwich for my lunch. I've okay. been on the phone for 20 minutes.
1: Oh, fair enough. It's, it's a long queue. You know that. how hard it is to get through. What are you having in your sandwich?
6: Uh, ham,
1: mustard and cucumber. Interesting. Interesting. Cucumber's a mm-hmm. bit controversial.
6: Rock and roll lifestyle.
1: Isn't it just? Isn't it just? <laughs> what have you got for us then, if you can remember?
6: Sleeping. Sleeping. Yes. Why is a nap more refreshing than a night of sleep? It's all to do with rapid eye movement, which is the period of your sleep when you dream. Mm. And it's the bit which is the most refreshing. And you go into rapid eye movements very shortly after you fall asleep, and you generally have rapid eye movements just before you naturally awake, which is why you remember your dreams first thing in the morning, and then 10 minutes later, they're gone. Yes. Fresh in your mind. Um, Now, interestingly, some scientists did a study of this, and they can measure rapid eye movement by putting sensors on your head, because they detect it's rapid eye movement. They measure, yeah. they measure your eyes moving, and they can see your, your brain working over time because you're dreaming. And what they did in America back in the 70s was they tested some people by waking them up as soon as they went into REM sleep. So these guys got eight or nine or ten hours sleep, but none of it was REM sleep. Right. It was like, it, They were like victims of Guantanamo. Dust.
1: Really? Sleep, sleep deprivation?
6: Sleep deprivation. No, they were getting the sleep, but they weren't getting the REM sleep.
1: So, you, so, so uh, was it Ella, I think, who asked the question? Anyway, her 10-year-old pr- genuinely is actually storing up sort of bonus sleep yeah. for every hour that, her, that is spent. Map. And that's why I read once. because so I'm a huge fan of the siesta, and, and the odd nature of what I do for a living lets me have more than the average punter. It's 20 yeah. minutes or two hours, Any, anything in between those two can actually end up being a little bit more disturbing than, than nothing at all. Absolutely. You're on. What are your minutes, qualifications?
6: minutes. I read it as a child in the Reader's Digest back in the 70s. Reader's Digest, mate, eh?
1: Did you win several million pounds that as a... Re- with me for 40 years. Did you win millions of pounds as well as a, during their
6: draw? No.
1: No? no. There, have you ever met anyone who won a Reader's <laughs> Digest prize draw?
6: No.
1: Funny, that. No? Right, it's earned you this. It's time someone else had one. Thanks. What are you having with the sandwich? A uh, cup of tea. No, No crisps?
6: Oh, I, might have a crisp. I might have a plum afterwards. Mm. Got to have a bit of fruit. Oh, Got to buddy.
1: mix it up. Yeah, look at that, you see. There you go. Jamie Oliver's coming in a week on Friday. You just reminded me, Mike. Not because you said plum, but because you were talking about nutrition. Finally. I, I had him in the studio before, but that was pre-recorded. Finally getting him in live. As you know, he is one of two people from my own generation who I consider to be a genuine hero. Special prizes if you can remember who the other one is. Mike, thank you. Tony's in Enfield. Tony, question or answer?
3: Stuart's
1: inquiry, Jamie. Oh, get lost.
3: Front and rear number plate. What? You're not allowed a white light source, okay, on the back of a vehicle, with exception to uh, reverse lamps, and a white number plate can be dazzling due to the rear number plate.
1: Yes, that's part of the answer, certainly, but but you have to now tell me why you can't have white ones on the front. Uh, That's irrespective. No, it isn't. Why have you got different coloured ones on the front and back? Because what you've done is describe why you can't have a certain type at one end, but you could easily have (laughs) the same type at both ends.
3: Well, first of all... Normally
1: the uh, hang on, just just back up a sec, Tony, back up a sec. You sure you want to do this? Yeah, don't no, right, Come on, no. then. All right, come on, then. Okay. Come right. on.
3: The vehicle's coming towards you, James. Yeah. They're not actually exactly 180 degrees towards you. How do you know? So the reflection of the lights... Sorry?
1: How do you know they might be?
3: <laughs>
1: They're not, James. They might be. I'm telling you. They might be. <laughs> if, in your world, there's never been a car crash.
3: Well, there has to, James, because I'm an insurance engineer.
1: Well, there you go. So th- you can have a scenario in which a car will be coming towards you 180 degrees plumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: sorry, James, you're wrong. I'm not it's
1: flipping wrong. Well. I'm not wrong. I mean, you're, you're also right, but your rightness, doesn't your rectitude does not render me wrong. <laughs>
3: Unfortunately, it does, James. Does
1: it? that's the law as well. No, No, I, Linda, you're explaining to me why you can't have a white one at the front, right?
3: No, I'm explaining to you why you can't have a white one at
1: the rear. Yes, yeah, I beg your pardon, yes. But you're not explaining to me why you can't have a white one at the front.
3: Because that's
1: the law, James. Yeah, but, but they, why is it the law? Because they've made that the law, James. No, you, you... That's you, why I'm saying, why do you have pale nuts Why do I have what? Instead
3: of... Why do, why do we have pound notes? It's
1: not like saying that for two, for two very simple reasons, Tony. Number one, we don't have pound notes, clever clogs. All right? And number two, the question was why are they different colours? Not why can't you have a yellow one at the back or a white one. Why are they different colours? Well, firstly, it's the law. You can't just say it's the law. The law has a reason. There is a reason
3: why the law was made. <laughs> James, you made
1: me laugh. <laughs> Give him half a give him half a round of applause just on the very odd un- <laughs> Wow, Christ, God, that was a snatch. Twelve forty one is the time. Barry's in Hillingdon. Barry, question or answer.
0: It's a question. Carry on. Um when banks and bankers get fined millions of pounds, who gets it? Treasury. The Treasury gets it. Yeah, who else would get it? I don't know. Yeah, no.
1: Treasury don't get, know. Get, all the get all the fines. I mean councils get sort of Road fines, don't they? But banks go straight to the treasury.
0: And how about when boats drop oil on the coast and they get fined billions of pounds? Does that go to the treasury as well? You can't,
1: you can't just, can't, you can't just. I answer one question. You can't just go willy nilly off on another one, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unbelievable. The, the, sort of, the, 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 the insurrection in the ranks on Mystery Hour this week. It, it, it's, it's, it goes to the treasury in this country. A bank does something wrong. It goes to the treasury.
0: Ooh. Oh well, and, uh, okay. Thank you very and much. And I
1: can't do your boats question. A, I don't really know the answer, and B, you can't just come on and start carrying on answering until you come up with something I can't. I can't do. Uh, is that that was completely right, wasn't it? That bank's question. Where else could it go? I, I know you, you would fund the banking ombudsman and stuff like that, but in terms of if they take twenty million quid off H. Boss, it's not. It goes to the treasury. It goes to the government. A round of applause for me. Sorry, it's getting tired phones have gone nuts we need a couple more questions Twelve forty-two is the time henry's in harpenden henry question or answer
3: no uh, good afternoon this is a question
1: hello uh,
3: um i wanted to know why on when you're on an airplane during takeoff the blinds have to be up they always tell you to put the blinds up during takeoff i wondered why that was because i can't think of a reason why they would need to be up
1: Well, let's let's work it out together shall we henry
3: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you've answered every other question. Well, but... <laughs> well you
1: don't make it sound like it's bad. It's not my fault. I know so much. <laughs> what is the worst thing that could happen to an airplane during takeoff?
3: Well, I have thought about this. I did think. Well, if it was to get a thousand the in and start to crash, at least people would be able to see out the window. <laughs> I don't think that's what the to see the I'm to sure. see the
1: view. You mean no yeah, uh, at takeoff and landing? What's the worst thing that could happen to an airplane?
3: uh, uh so it could explode so ah yeah,
1: now where oh, is the explosion well. most likely to occur uh
3: in the engines on the side of the plane
1: and what can you see out of the window
3: <laughs> yeah not from every view uh,
5: I mean, no but you can't start
1: you can't start doing it row by row <laughs> i mean better safe than sorry <laughs> keep them all open and if the engine catches fire you're going to know about it you've
3: yeah, been exploding think okay. a a blind is going to save you. It's not to save you. It's to know that it's happened, so the
1: pilot can sort of shut it down and go into you know alternative modes.
3: Well, are you sure? Pretty sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay.
1: Well, do you need do you need to hear from someone with proper qualifications? <laughs> Well, I just—I'm uh, going to feel finished. bad if I get any more applause, so I, I'll leave it on the <laughs> board. But I think I think that, that I've dragged that one up from the mystery hour archive. So if it's wrong, I shall right. give you i will give you the money myself. Why do you have to have the the, the the blinds open on planes for takeoff and landing? Yep. And we will have someone, either a pilot or, or some of our many many listeners who who work in the airline industry, either in the cockpit or in the. In the uh, in the cabin, they will ring in and tell us for certain. Henry, thank you. Time now is twelve forty-four. Uh, let's squeeze one in. Chris is in Chingford. Question or answer, Chris? Hello, it's question. Hello, Chris. What is it? Oh, oh sorry.
4: Um, That's all right. What happened?
1: We, um, Did you dropped the phone.
4: No, I'm wrapping up Christmas presents.
1: It's a, bit <laughs> a bit early, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I'm organised for the first
1: time ever. Do you know what? I just glanced at the date and I had a panic attack because it's my mum's birthday, but I've actually sent her flowers. Oh. I know remember, I've remembered for once, so everything's all right. Everyone relax, as you were. What was your question?
4: Right, the question is, we went down to Stonehenge a couple of weeks ago and as I was walking around on the windiest, wettest day of the whole year, yeah. I
1: thought,
4: well, where's all these missing stones?
1: Wait, wait, wait,
4: what? Well, it's it's not it's not complete, is it? So where's all the missing stones?
1: Which which, which bits are missing, then?
4: Well, if you you see as it was supposed to be built, there's all the top bits are missing.
1: Well, use your noodle. No. Yeah. Well, where are they? Well, use your noodle. Did they not finish it? How old is Stonehenge? How old is... Did they not finish it, honestly? (laughs) (laughs) What, um... How old is Stonehenge, approximately, Chris? Oh,
4: a few million years
1: old. Not that old, but, yeah, I mean, old. Really old. And at what point in its existence, do you think it became amazing to later generations?
4: Um, Quite a long way back,
1: I think. Yeah. To the pagans. Well, probably a bit more recently than that, actually. Uh, Up until that point, it would have just been a sort of, wow, weird pile of stones. And if you lived in that part of the world, right, and you really needed a whopping great big stone, where would you go and get it from? (laughs) Wales. Well, that's where they went. But you've, you've just seen some at the end of your garden. Why are you going to schlep all the way to Wales when there's that weird circle of stones around the corner which no-one really cares about? You could easily pop down there with a horse and cart and pull home a no. couple of... Th- yes! No. Yes! Where
4: well, how would they get them off the top, then? Oh, how do they get them up there in the first place?
1: Just do the same I thing in know. reverse. That's going to be next week's question. You you, you you, know I'm right. There'd be somewhere, if you looked around mm. long enough, there'd be a corner of a barn somewhere that's got a Stonehenge stone stuck in it or a cottage built on a foundation made of Stonehenge stone. There's no other answer. Once you eliminate the impossible, whatever you are left with, however improbable, must be the truth. No. All right, I'll, I'll leave that no. on the board. I'll leave that on the board Maybe as well. The no, I'm, the I'm the leaving side. it on the board. It's on the board. It's up there next to the I'm aircraft blinds. 12.47 is the time. <laughs> Ten minutes to one. Um, Thank you. I was feeling a bit self-conscious about how many questions I've answered this week, but you've reminded me with a Twitter flurry of love that Miss Chiara is more about having a giggle than it is necessarily about the Enlightenment side of it, although I stand by my pledge at uh, 12 o'clock today that you would know more by 1 o'clock than you do now. Uh, Still room, perhaps, for a couple of... um stewards' inquiries, but we need answers in particular to what... I mean, you're never going to answer this question, but anyway, Chris wasn't satisfied with mine. What happened to the missing stones at Stonehenge, and why do you leave the blinds open on planes for takeoff and landing? Warren is in Northwood, and I happen to know from past experience that Warren is a member of Flight Crew, so I can probably predict which question it is you're going to answer. Warren, what happened to all the missing stones at Stonehenge?
2: Yeah, exactly. What did happen to...
1: (laughs) (laughs) go on what have you got
2: um blinds yes yes um i can only speak from the uh, experience and knowledge i know relating to um the airline i work for but um and procedures may differ with others um you don't have to have the blinds down oh up
1: even yes
2: yes uh or down you don't have to um only on doors um, no, but you know, blind. no, no,
1: no, no, no. I've been on planes yes, yes, where... Yes, 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 They've told me that you have to have them... Could you just open the blind sir, for take-off? No.
2: Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> it gets really nitty-gritty. Oh. Yeah, OK. <laughs> um, <sighs> there are times when you have to have the, bl- the blind each side of the door open. If you're sitting in the first row, you may have to have that one open. But may- the, most of the blinds throughout the cabin... Um, passengers can do what they want with
1: Really? So yeah. probably we've all been sitting in the relevant row sometime or sitting near it because most people don't get Not on possible. the you don't get on a plane and shut the blind unless you're a bit weird so just we've all registered the occasions where people like you have said very politely obviously in your case could you please open that blind and, and somehow we've registered in the back of our mind that you have to have them all open for take off and landing
2: Correct, you don't You don't have to the only reason um, you have to have the blinds open on the doors Yes. Um, is to if there is an aborted takeoff, mm. um, and you have to evacuate the aircraft um, before you open the door, you need to check outside if there's any hazards.
1: So it's got so nothing to do with the quiet. engines catching fire. Well,
2: it has because you wouldn't open the door um, and evacuate people if an engine was on fire, because you'd just be um, yeah. But when I said
1: when silly, I tried to it? get the round of applause, and I said the reason you have to have them open is so you can tell if the engines caught fire, it wasn't really the proper answer.
2: Um, not, it, one of the answers, but oh, not, right. not the cabin, not the cabin blinds, but the door, the, the blinds on the door, because don't forget the doors have got blinds on as well. And, of yes. course, unless you're flying on the 787, which has electronic window blinds, then you can't actually use, touch them, and they're all electronic.
1: Yeah, those days are and a long while. It's not mile.
2: actually a blind, it, it's not actually a blind itself. Okay. On the new, on the new aircraft.
1: Qualifications? i think you know yeah i do know but there's a lot of six hundred and forty eight thousand people listening they don't all know what you do for a living warren i, th- I thought your stats
2: were in the millions oh i am disappointed Unbelievable.
1: Um, <laughs> one day at <laughs> like, a time um, Ro- rome wasn't built yeah, in a day okay. Go on, crew crew crew, crew. uh yeah. what's your next flight what's your next journey do you know
2: um boston when you're off this afternoon
1: fantastic bon voyage
2: Thank you. Christmas shopping.
1: Take this with you. Hang on, take this with you. There Thank you go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 12.54 is the time. Keith is in Canary Wharf. Question or answer, Keith?
5: It's a question. Yeah, go on then. Okay. <laughs> Where do birds go at night? Their nests. Uh, when they're flying over the sea, we have seabirds and birds that migrate thousands of miles over oceans. We do. When it's night time... Where do they go? What do they do? They don't sit on a wave and have a float around, or oh.
1: there's no nest out there. Uh, uh, well, hang on, how do you know they don't?
5: Well, you can't have a nest in the middle of the
1: ocean. No, no, a nap, I thought you said. No. Well, where not, you've, you've seen a Mr. swan, right? Have you ever away. seen a swan? With its with its head no, all it's tucked up?
5: Seabirds.
1: Well, a swan is
5: birds a... What, what all right, a Canada
1: goose, then! Clever clogs, a Canada goose. It, of course it can just sit on the sea and have a snooze.
5: What,
1: in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? Yeah, I can see why you sense that I'm on thin ice with this one, Keith, but I'm sticking with it.
5: Well,
1: where does the albatross go at night? I I can only do one seabird at a time. I mean, either they find somewhere to perch or they sleep on the sea. There couldn't be another explanation.
5: Well, that's the question I'm asking. What do they do at night? Uh,
1: If they find a nice place to perch, they'll kip there. If they can't, they'll kip on the sea. I'm just going to shut up now, mate. I think I've embarrassed myself, Keith. I love the
5: Stonehenge question. I thought that
1: was brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's not been answered, though, has it? It can't be a brilliant question if it hasn't got an answer. Right, where do seabirds sleep? Like, massive migrating seabirds, the ones that really go for flipping miles, all right? Quick, where are we? 1256. Come on! Raising Ealing. Ray, question or answer?
3: Hello, James. Hello, Just Rainer. to uh, say that i agree with you wholeheartedly uh, with your explanation about the number plates. Ah. But you actually missed one word. Yes. And they're reflective. Yes. And don't forget that on the rear of a vehicle you've got to have red lights, you have red tail lights, red stop lights. You do. And and the yellow, you can't have red number plates because that's a different kind of number plate. Um, Military you know, or something like that. Cyprus on hire cars. Uh, but obviously you were right in as much as uh, the front number plate's white because you've got white lights to the front of the vehicle.
1: And what what are your qualifications?
3: Uh, I was in the motor trade for 50 years. I've made number plates, sold number plates. I'm so old I made number plates when they were silver and uh, black background. Really? Yes.
1: You're not that old, Ray. You're only as old as you feel, Raymond.
3: This is true. I feel quite good,
1: but uh, I am as old as that. God, well, have a round of applause. That, that'll take a few years <laughs> off.
3: Thank
1: you very much, that's 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 that. for the years. That is right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Have a good it's day. I, I should say other other pick me ups and tonics are available. Pam's in Mosley. Pam, question or answer? It's an answer, Dame. Carry on, Pam.
4: To the birdies. Yes. Well, there's, there's two that I know of. Some of the uh, migrating seabirds, like geese, will fly in skeins, and that means fly what? skeins darling. They're like a tip of an arrow, and S
1: K E I skeins Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm, skeins yes.
4: Right. And um, but that gives them a, a lift from the from the bird in front, so that they're usually taking it in turns. So sometimes they can catnap if you like, well, catnap, bird nap. But other birds, like migrating swift will fly very, 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 very high, and then have um, brief sleep periods while they drop, and then they'll wake again and fly up again. But they never actually never land Swiss, so they, they protected really? that little one. So,
1: yes. th- hang on, the ones in the skeins have a kip while they're actually flapping their wings?
4: Yeah, sort of. It, it's like a, a catnap. I,
1: <laughs> I well, how, how can it be a catnap nap if it's a bird? Yeah, no, but me. a
4: light, light, light nap thing, <laughs> I would say.
1: <laughs> Qualifications?
4: A very, very keen interest in birds.
1: You and me both, Pam.
4: <laughs>
1: Round for me. applause, please. Sheila Fogarty's shaking her head like a maiden aunt. <laughs> I
4: am very like a maiden aunt, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cedric's in Stafford. Question or answer, Cedric? Um, it's an answer about Stonehenge. You have to be super quick, because Sheila's itching.
5: OK, I'm 100% behind you. It's about robbing. Um, Is it? people robbing the stone. Shut the front door. Are you serious? Um, from every... Uh, well
1: almost every session of the the time team they're always nicking stonehenge stones those pesky peasants from the middle um, ages it was the romans they, the they... romans often was wasn't it yeah, yeah. qualification mm. cedric uh i watched time team that'll do nicely round of applause for cedric but really for me <laughs> that's it for me for another day we'll do it again tomorrow from 10 i am james o'brien this is lbc here is sheila fogarty uh,
4: thank you james for